Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Ask a Mage podcast. I am your host, Imani Christina, aka Imani Matters, aka Hydra. We'll add to that list every day of the week and see how far we can get without me forgetting it. And this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. I've been asked, told by friends, and I've thought about it a few times to do a podcast. And this idea came to me a few weeks ago to create a platform, kind of like an Ask Anna or Ask Amy column, where you get to send in your questions, requests, topics. I'll pick a few of them for each episode, and we'll have some short answers, some long answers. We're going to go over current events, what's going on in the world, esoteric news, and all of that. So without further ado, let me introduce the first episode and the beginning of the Ask a Mage podcast. Thank you all for being here. I hope you're having a lovely rising afternoon or evening wherever you are. Let's get on with the episode. So I bet you're wondering what this entire podcast is about. What are you supposed to be asking questions about? What topics are we diving into? It's obviously called Ask a Mage, so clearly we're not getting into relationship advice here. (laughs) This podcast is a place for you to ask, wonder, and learn about the supernatural, spirituality, religion, mythology, lore, magic, the paranormal, and everything in between. These are subjects that have inspired me and fueled so much of my creative and personal path throughout my life and I always wanted a place to learn more share with others to ask questions maybe even anonymously where I could find out more even with all of the podcasts that are currently out now there's still not a lot of them which cater to people like me and so I made it basically what you'll get to do is send in questions every single week we'll pick a few for each individual episode and those will be discussed throughout the episode we'll also talk about one big question or big topic that may be floating around the spiritual new age pagan religion mythology space and we'll be looking at current events what's going on in the stars what's going on in the world because what's the point of magic if we can't use it, right? Now that I've told you all of that and you have an understanding of how exactly this show is going to work, I'm going to let you know who I am. Like I mentioned before, my name is Imani Christina. I am affectionately and popularly known as Mani Matters on social media, and I have been a mage my entire life. Now, was I a practicing mage my entire life? No. I grew up in a Christian household. My mother is Muslim. That was my introduction to religion, but as a child, I spent all my time in a library reading fairy tales, mythology books, ghost stories, vampire stories. I I went through the kids section way before I was old enough to be reading the books in the young adult section of the library, but that's where I was most of the time reading about these cool and fascinating worlds and it was in that young adult section in the adult section actually because they shared a section 
where I discovered that there were people who practiced magic, witchcraft, who had these deep spiritual experiences in real life. I was going to the library very, very young. I was at a college reading level when I was in middle school. So I can't necessarily say when that started, but I didn't really start realizing that I myself could practice too until I was in college. By then I already knew how to meditate. I knew about yoga. I knew about the law of attraction, but when I was in college, I had that spiritual foundation to then support me as I took religious studies classes, as I ended up finding out about witches in real life, then realizing, oh, this isn't strange or make-believe. This is very, very real. This is very, very authentic to me. And the reason why I've been tumbling around in my spiritual religious life is because I have been rejecting this, this part of me, which is magic. And that's why I started this podcast. A mage is someone who practices magic. And when we say magic, we're not talking about mumbo jumbo, CGI effects, creating clouds in our hands. Magic is the art, science, study, and practice of taking your life into your own hands. By using your mind, your body, and your spirit, you are able to understand nature and understand how to create and deconstruct reality to your needs. That is what I believe magic to be on its most fundamental level. Now, there's a lot of differences between how some people classify magic. Like some people out there will go and say, I'm a witch. For a long time, I said, I am a witch. These days, I do not align with that name. And that's because I feel like it has certain associations. But there are some people who will call it witchcraft. There are some people whose magic comes from the spirits and animism and they're shamans and, and medicine men and women. So magic is a very diverse topic and it has so many applications. By using this podcast, we're going to dive into so many things that you never even thought of before, never even heard of before. And you're going to get an understanding of the world that you never had before. Because the thing is about the esoteric world is that it's right in front of your eyes, but you just don't see it. It's like what Jesus said in the book of Thomas, which we do not have in full, but is in the Nakamani, where he says the kingdom of heaven is all around you. The kingdom of Zion is all around you and you refuse to see it. That is the world of the esoteric. Magic is all around you, but you refuse to see it. But when you start to recognize it, when you start to notice it outside of yourself, when you start to see that your thoughts really do create reality, when you take little steps like the law of attraction, affirmations, meditation, visualization, these are the beginning steps. Those are the beginning. That is not even halfway, not even tenth of the way of how far you are capable of manipulating and bending reality to your whim magic makes you capable of so much and by understanding what's outside of you you can understand what's within you by understanding what's within you you can affect what's outside of you it's almost like playing that game where you tell somebody hey look around tell me how many things around you right now are red do that for me right now if you're listening to the podcast go look in your room and just take a mental note 
of how many things are read. I'll give you a couple seconds. Okay. Done that? Now, without looking around the room, write down how many things are blue. Don't look. Don't look around. Don't check. Guess how many things around you are blue. And once you've made your guess, look around and see how close you are to the answer. The trick about this game is that normally you're always going to get the second option wrong because the brain hyper-focuses on the first color and doesn't see the other ones. When you get closer to magic, when you become a mage, even when you are perceiving the red, you see the purples and the blues. You're able to perceive more colors at once, even when focusing your intention. In fact, being a mage and doing magic just means to focus your mind, your spirit, and your body towards one color, one topic, one desire, and then using all of the external correspondences to assist in getting you to that goal. So the way that your brain can't pick up on the other colors, it will start to. It will start to notice there was blue in that room. There was yellow and gold. That red had, it was more of a scarlet and that one was a crimson. Your brain will become more wired to pick up on the little, little, little things. And once you pick up on the little things, so much more is possible. So much more is out there for you. You open your sphere of availability. That's a phrase and a concept that comes from one of my favorite intro level books, which we're going to talk about in the second episode. But that is what magic is. And that is why we have this podcast, because no matter what you ask, there is something in it that is inherently supernatural, that is paranormal, that is awe-inspiring, that is magical and fantastical. I promise you. So before we get on with the rest of the episode where we answer the first batch of questions that we've got, I have three for you guys today. If you want to send in a question, the links for that will be in the podcast description. Also, please rate this podcast, leave a comment. I know we're only one episode in, but this is going to be a pretty consistent podcast. I'm thinking about three episodes a week. So if that's something you're looking forward to and you like the first one, drop a comment, send us some love, ask a question. You can ask anonymously too, so we definitely won't give any names this first episode. But for going forward, if you want to be named, leave your name. If you don't want to be named, then you can say anonymous and we can answer whatever. This is going to be so exciting. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you guys. Now, now that you know me, now that you know a little bit about what we're doing here, Let's get into the questions for the day. So I gather these questions from my followers over on Instagram. You guys can go follow me over there. Money Matters, M-A-N-I dot M-A-T-T-E-R-Z on Instagram. These were some really good questions. I have a few of them, and we're only going to be doing three today. But the first one that I wanted to talk about was, if you see a deity in your dreams, was it real? And I think this is a cool topic to start with. 
it seems like we're just jumping right in, right? But that's the whole point. There's not going to be a point where we're baby stepping or just dipping our toe and nah, fully in, full in the ocean, y'all. Also, I think this is a great topic to start with because a lot of people think that if something happens in their head or if something happens in their mind's eye, that you have to question its reality, right? There's this idea that reality exists outside of our dreams. There's this idea that reality is somewhat different than the ideal or the dream world or anything else or the astral, whatever you may be seeing. And that's simply not true. All levels of reality exist together. They're all a part of each other and affect each other in different interesting ways. So when you're having a dream, that is still reality. It's just a very different plane of reality than we are accustomed to. It is one that functions on different rules and concepts and structures. So it doesn't come off the way that we're used to reality coming off. For example, in a dream, it's not really possible to read. You also likely have more than five or more than 10 fingers. Well, technically you only have eight fingers. You get the, you know what I mean? So in your dreams, that reality is much different. Also, have you ever heard before that if you look into a mirror while you're in a dream, it will wake you up? I personally believe it's because you look very much different in your dream world than you look in real life. And the, the realization of that fact shocks your brain and wakes you up. So if you're in a lucid dream, next time you're in a lucid dream, go try to look at yourself in the mirror and see what happens. When people experience spirits and supernatural phenomenon in their dream state they often come and wonder is this real or does this is this like some psychological thing if you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or someone who's really rational based they're going to tell you that it's based on something in your life and it most likely is the spirit world reflects in the physical world but it also can be very real as a standalone thing if you're contact if you're contacted by a deity in your dreams take note most deities do that there's a history of deities coming and visiting their priests, their followers, their devotees in their dreams. The Bible is rife with this. Like there's even a question about whether the burning bush was seen in waking or not. If it was a vision that Moses had, or if it was a thing that physically happened, if the bush burst into flames in real life, because that could have happened because of the heat and the area and all it could have definitely happened or it could have been something he experienced in his mind's eye that was so vivid that it seemed to be real and was recorded to be as such either way it was real either way it is something that we will never forget about the biblical canon right so when we experience deities in our dreams there's there's a lot of reasons why our languages and the way that we understand um, commu and communicate in the real world or in the material world this is what I'm going to say instead. The material world and the dream world are both real worlds. So whatever happens in both was a real thing. Now, how they affect each other and what it means varies greatly. But the dream world is just as real as the material world. If you are visited by a deity or a higher being or just any spirit of any kind in your dream, it was likely a real experience. It was not a figment of your imagination. Why do I say this? Because 
you would know if it was a figment of your imagination. You would know if this was just a silly dream that you had. Also, I believe in trusting intuition. I believe in trusting vibes. If you feel like something you experienced in a dream was important, we're not going to say real, but was it important? That's up to you. And if you're if you're asking me this question, I would imagine that it was important. Now, is it the spirit that you think it is? That is the question. We're not necessarily going to go into in this episode, how do you spot a spirit masquerading as another spirit? How do you notice that? Because that does go on. That goes on in every religion. That goes on in every spirituality. That goes on in every magical system. Because it is a part of the yin-yang balance, there are those middle beings that kind of like to, to stir the pot. However, ultimately, if you saw them, I would call on them again right our next question kind of gets into this as well so that's really exciting but call on them again and ask them to send a clearer message if you're aware of the name the appearance or any significant symbols that you can remember from seeing them in your dream make sure you write those down in your dream journal Make sure words and thoughts and concepts and colors and things that pop out to you, you write in your dream journal so that when you go research, you can confirm that you are speaking to the deity or spirit or ancestor that you think you are. Also, this helps you know and confirm for yourself, they are certainly talking to me. And if they have many aspects, which may have different colors or symbols or whatever, then you can figure out, okay, what are they trying to tell me? What are they trying to get across? What is this about? You can start figuring that out. So if you see a deity in your dreams, I personally believe that your dreams are real. All of your dreams are real, just like the material world is real. It's up to you to do the work to figure out who it is you're talking to, figure out what it is they want or need or are trying to communicate with you, and then where to go from there. So that's my answer to that question. I myself work with several deities. I am a omniist and a polytheistic monist. So I believe in monotheism, but through the polytheistic lens. And I also believe that all religions, spiritualities, and practices are real and true and part of one larger whole. So I'm always going to encourage you to work with whatever religion, path, or practice is best for you so you're gonna hear a lot of questions about people asking about deities spirits ghosts um ancestors orisha we're gonna really really get into this and this is an open space for the weird like this is an open space for us to get crazy for us to talk about stuff that nobody's willing to talk about casually because why not oh by the way if you guys would like anybody to come on the podcast and answer questions with me, they don't have to be a mage or a witch or a bruja or anything. They don't have to be spiritual. They could just be somebody you think is interesting and who you would love to hear their take on magical subjects, on supernatural subjects, on the paranormal, in a chill, relaxed, regular conversation kind of way. I'm not about to sit here and talk to you like this and give you the soft, sultry, relaxing voice. Because I'm not trying to push you to sleep. I want to talk about this, y'all. <laughs> I, 
I really do. This stuff is really cool to me. And I know it's going to be cool to all of you guys as well. So whoever you want to be on this platform with me, send them to me in my email. Send them to me. Like, you can message them and say, yo, go send an email to maddiscollective at gmail.com and let them know that you want to be on the podcast because we need you on the podcast. Whoever it is, make sure they're real. That they're down to have, like, regular conversations about whatever spooky cool weird esoteric occult topics you guys have to offer oh my god i'm so excited about where this podcast is going to go i don't even know where it's going to go i really was just called to do this about a week or two ago to answer questions or to let this be another route to share myself and something i love with the world for people who also may need that space like i needed that space we are about to move on to the second question of this episode and that is what is your advice for beginners on a spiritual journey and wanting to practice working with deities see attaches to the last question well i have a few tips i I have, I really do have to compile an ebook of my thoughts and tips and tricks because I certainly have a lot of them. But what I can do is give you a few right now and right here. If you're just beginning your spiritual journey, I just want to say, congratulations. You are are on the path of freeing yourself from the simulation and awakening your power. You are stepping onto a path so few people continue down for the whole of their lives. You are beginning something that so many people are afraid to even look in the direction of. You're about to take a leap that everyone hesitates on before jumping. You're about to do it. So congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And just know that there is a community, a family, a place for you out there that is going to fit exactly into your spiritual practices. All of us are different. All of us are unique. All of us are sovereign in our spirituality. However, that can be kind of isolating sometimes. It can feel like I'm the only one who does it this way, especially when everyone on social media who's only been in this about four years, I'm not going to lie to you. There's too many of them commenting on what you can and cannot do and what's right and what's wrong. But social media and the internet can also be a tool. Looking out to the world can be a tool. There is a place for you. There is a home for you. Spirit did not lead you towards it just to lead you into loneliness and if you for any reason must we are about to move on to the second question of this episode and that is what is your advice for beginners on a spiritual journey and wanting to practice working with deities see attaches to the last question well i have a few tips if you're just beginning your spiritual journey i just want to say congratulations you are on the path of freeing yourself from the simulation and awakening 
your power. You are stepping onto a path so few people continue down for the whole of their lives. You are beginning something that so many people are afraid to even look in the direction of. You're about to take a leap that everyone hesitates on before jumping. You're about to do it. So congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And just know that there is a community, a family, a place for you out there that is going to fit exactly into your spiritual practices. All of us are different. All of us are unique. All of us are sovereign in our spirituality. However, that can be kind of isolating sometimes. It can feel like I'm the only one who does it this way, especially when everyone on social media who's only been in this about four years, I'm not going to lie to you. There's too many of them commenting on what you can and cannot do and what's right and what's wrong. But social media and the internet can also be a tool. Looking out into the world can be a tool. There is a place for you. There is a home for you. Spirit did not lead you towards it just to lead you into loneliness. And if you for any reason must be solitary or alone, it is going to be something that is for your benefit and not your detriment. Spirituality, no matter what path we take, especially when it's a chosen path, when it's not given to us by our families or our communities, when it is chosen by us, it is something to be proud of. It is something to feel grateful for. It is something to be relieved that we were gifted with. So I am so excited for you and proud of you for taking this leap to choose your spirit and what it wants. So excited for you. Now, we've got all the gushy stuff out of the way, right? I'm going to give you five pretty simple tips for any beginner. These are going to work for anybody who's just starting their spiritual and or magical journey. I will take a little asterisk note right here. Magic can be approached as a spiritual practice or as a system that is associated with spirits. You do not have to have a spiritual path to have a magical path. They're two separate things. We'll talk about that in another episode. But spirituality and magic are two separate things, though they can coexist. But here I will be, and here I will be talking about them where they do coexist. Whichever they are to you separately, take it on. If you're, if it's both for you, congratulations. But these are just five tips for beginners in general who are starting on this mystical, esoteric path and just need a little bit of direction. First thing. Trust yourself. I know it sounds, I know, I know, I know y'all. I know it sounds like the same thing you hear everywhere. But I don't mean it just because your intuition is important. Sure it is. But there's so much noise. We live in the information age. You are going to find out and learn and see so many things that it's going to almost be impossible for you to figure out what is right or wrong if you're always consuming that information if you're always surrounded by the outside world there is going to be a little bit of confusion and chaos not that either or is bad but a little it will it will be a little too much for you to focus and for a beginner i definitely don't recommend tossing yourself into needless confusion about your path 
Chaos, maybe, but not confusion. They don't equal each other. Trusting yourself will be the way that you know when you find something in a book that resonates and when you find something in someone else's teachings that aligns with you and when you're doing a ritual or spell that works for you and when you're in prayer and the process that you decided to go about it is connecting you with spirit in a deeper way than you've ever had before you will know these things as they happen you will feel them in your body you will feel them in your mind though like you'll literally sometimes even like if you learn yourself very well you'll get to know these little triggers but something you you can know about me i can feel my forehead buzzing sometimes when i'm meditating i can feel light shooting from above me and beneath me and meeting in the center and stirring in my solar plexus area i can feel that it's very very potent and we'll talk about it another time a technique you can use to amplify that feeling and those feelings but you will feel when you are experiencing spirit when you are experiencing magic when you are experiencing power you'll know so the best thing that i can suggest is that you feel for that have a journal have a notebook have a voice recorder observe yourself get to know yourself listen to what's going on in your internal world so that you could become familiar with what your spirit needs to be fed what your spirit needs to be at its most powerful and activated like i said earlier all of us are different all of us on this spiritual mystical path are so different even when our practices or chosen paths are similar we individually are so different in how we may ac access that magic how we may access that power how we may access the divine we are all so different and the only way where you can truly trust that you are going the right way is if you learn to trust yourself if you learn to listen to that little voice in your head that's directing you and redirecting you away from things because that will also save your life i personally believe that a true mage will be able to not only improve their lives but protect their lives they will be able to use magic to protect themselves your intuition will tell you when you're in danger your thoughts will let you know when something isn't right your vibes will tell you when a room is not safe these are things that are important for us as practitioners because you never know whose eyes are really on you once you start getting a little powerful you start getting looked at so protection is important to have intuition when it comes to practicing, you have to have intuition. And when it comes to creating, you have to have intuition. What do you make? You see people with all these spell bottles, body oils, candles. You see people with all of these products. And you don't know what to get. You don't know what's important for you. Nor do you know, what could I just, what could I just make myself? You'll be surprised how many things you can make yourself. The reason I even started my business years ago um my what was it my first year or my second year of college i started it i just wanted to have a lot of the products that i was so see, seeing being sold but i didn't want to pay for them. i wanted to make them myself i had money but it seemed so much cooler to go to the herb shop down the street from my campus and buy herbs and blend them together and make my own teas make my own 
tinctures, make my own potions, make my own body butters, make my own body oils, make my own magic oils, make my own everything. But I wouldn't have known how to make any of that stuff if I didn't trust my intuition on some of the ingredients, the colors, the purposes. If I was always Googling everything, now I'm not gonna lie, I love a good Google. I love a good research, browse an encyclopedia to get some ideas. But there's a level of inspiration that has to come in. There's a level of intuitive knowing that comes in because a lot of these things we've been making for lifetimes and lifetimes, we just don't remember it. So the process of remembering requires that intuition. The process of being inspired requires that intuition. So the first step I'm gonna give you for beginning your spiritual journey and Astrid working with deities is to trust yourself. Know thyself, it's extremely important. The second thing I'm going to say, and these are in no particular order, you guys. No particular order. Well, I think the first thing should be to trust your intuition. That should be number one. But the rest of them are in no particular order. Two, meditate consistently. I am not the paragon of this, so don't look at me. Do not look for me to say this is going to be easy. It's not. Meditating on a consistent basis is not easy. There's a reason why it's not, because taking time out of our busy lives is very, very difficult. It seems like life is going easy enough for us to hit a meditation every day until it's not. And then that's when the test truly unfolds. That's when we are at the point where we need to meditate the most. The reason why I'm saying meditation and not prayer, because I believe that praying is talking and meditating is listening. If you aren't able to take some time out of your day to listen to the universe, to nature, to your spirit. That goes back to that trust thing. If you aren't able to take time out of your day, at least 15 to 22 minutes, it takes 22 minutes to silence your mind, y'all. 22 minutes. You can even take 15 if you can't get that far. I respect that. But 22 minutes out of your day, you should be able to silence your space, silence your mind to a point where you can focus to a point where you can see your goals, where you can visualize clearly, where you can listen to the messages that are being whispered through your neurons. You know how much you got to be listening to hear what your neurons are saying? You, hear, you, you feel me? Your neurons, the electricity that runs through your brain, it be telling you stuff. But you have so much going on all the time in your consciousness you don't even hear what's going on. That's that little voice that's in your head. That's that intuition I'm talking about. So meditating consistently makes it easier to tap into your intuition. It also makes visualization 10 times easier. The ability to not, because meditation isn't truly silencing your mind. It's regulating your reaction, really. That's what meditation truly is, is regulating your, your actions and reactions. Because walking meditation is a thing. Active meditation is a thing. Music meditation is a thing. There's a lot of ways to meditate, but it's about focusing your mind and using it as a tool for whatever it is you need to meditate for. So in terms of visualization, if you sit down for 15 to 22 minutes every single day and picture something, practice with the same thing over and over again if you're not a great visualizer because we're not all born with that gift. And don't let the new age spiritual girls tell you that everybody is they're not everybody is not born with the ability to visualize and for my artists and creatives i 
feel you if you had been going through a point in your life where it just kind of feel like you can't come up with no ideas because that happens too. artists and creatives get worn out on creating especially if they're in a content race so they may be having a hard time visualizing visualizing just because they're traumatized from doing so or because they need a fucking break however if you meditate for 15 to 22 minutes a day and you decide i'm going to focus on the same bowl of apples in my mind until i can see it focus on one thing every day when you meditate and see what happens focus on it until it becomes so clear until it becomes hd clear until you want to reach out and touch it so you can almost smell it and taste it in the air and if it makes a sound so you can hear it see how far away it is from your body see if you could pull it closer and push it away with your mind practice with this one object in meditation and then start to visualize more complex structures try to jump from image to image and see how fast you can do that use meditation as a tool once you master your mind once you master the ability to focus and to control what goes up on in your noggin you become a master of reality because the mind rules reality the mind rules reality the universe is mind as they say in the kabbalion i believe the universe is mind i'm going to say it one time the universe is mind so by controlling your mind we control the universe around us so meditate consistently for 15 to 22 minutes a day use it as a tool whether you use it as a tool to focus in silence which means to take away from chatter in your mind or if you use it to visualize and focus your energy meditate consistently you will create a much better relationship to your spirit to your intuition and everything in between that is my second tip third tip take in everything that interests you there is nowhere that magic will not hide there is nowhere that magic will not hide i'm going to say it again there is nowhere where magic will not hide magic loves secrets magic loves the darkness magic loves chaos magic loves confusion magic is the antithesis of anything you could ever expect it to be and the things you expect from it at the same time magic is energy and so There is nowhere in your life where it could not be. I'm going to tell you a story. When I was a kid, me and my siblings used to play in the dirt. We used to play in the grass, everything. My mom hated it cuz she thought I was going to get ringworm or my sister got ringworm before. I never did. I played in the dirt the most though. So, honestly, I feel like playing in the dirt really helped my skin. It really helped me like smooth out my complexion and stuff like that. Like I I think I don't know. I just never got ringworm. <laughs> But what I used to do was I would gather certain plants that seemed significant cuz I had had this huge hill in front of my home and I would grab any plants, any herbs, 
weeds that seemed significant as soon as summer and spring came out. And there was this area, bro, it was like a natural mortar and pestle. There used to be a gate there, so there was a natural dent in this big square slab that was on this altar-like pedestal. Like, it was about this. When I was a kid, it came up to maybe my chest. When I was maybe 4'10 or something. It, was, it wasn't the tallest little pedestal, but it was a pedestal, all right. And it had a little circle in the center, and it was a little deep. And I would mix water mud and plants together using a stick or some type of rock like a mortar or pestle I would break that down and then I would either serve it as food to the ants or I would put it on my skin my hands I would play in it now this sounds like a nonsensical story doesn't it when I got older when I first started to practice actively, I had been studying for years. I had known all of the, I had been into the supernatural since I was a kid. And all my stories, since I wanted to be a writer, all my stories were inspired by it. But when I went to college, that's really when it hit. And I said to my boyfriend at the time, I said to him, you think I should practice? And he said, yeah, of course you should. If you believe in it. And then later we went to the herb shop and got all of my herbs. Now, what I found myself doing was that I would mix herbs and water and soil together to make all types of brand new concoctions. As I was experimenting with herbs, as I was experimenting with herbalism, as I was experimenting with plant magic, natural medicine. In my adult life, I was doing the same thing I did as a kid, just with a little bit more structure. And to put the cherry on top, my boyfriend at the time, the same guy, he used to call my herbs or anything I gathered from the woods or from the herb shop, he called it dirt. It didn't matter what it was, anything was dirt. But it was it was affectionate. He would say, oh, did you get your dirt, get your dirt today? But me playing in the dirt as a kid and then me playing in the dirt as a mage. Isn't that cool, guys? But think about it. Think about that. My practice as a child, I was I was always in it. I knew something. Like, there was something going on there. I just had to get older and acquainted with some more knowledge to be able to put a word to it. But magic is natural. It is not always studied. Some people are natural mages. And I am grateful to have been born that way. But I didn't even know. It's not like it made me some level of special... It's not that it made it ostracized me or made me extremely different in any way. It just gave me some quirks and traits that reflected later on in my life. So take everything in that interests you. Notice, do you love music? I love music. I love writing. I can write my life into existence if I wanted to, if I took the time to. I haven't, but I'm planning to. And I have a challenge for that coming soon. So you guys can learn how to do that as well. But side note take in everything that interests you you can use all of it if you like math math and magic is a thing arithmetic you hear you hear y'all y'all like this arithmetic and mathematics are real numerology sacred geometry fractals spirals all of those are ways of incorporating math into magic the pythagoras 
the man who created the Pythagorean theorem. It's one of my favorite facts. I love Pythagoras. But the same guy who made the Pythagorean theorem also made Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. The music scale. And was also a vegetarian before his time. And he had plenty of esoteric views as well, occult views as well. So everything can be taken into consideration. And all classical, esoteric, and occult people took everything that they did into consideration. Leonardo da Vinci, very, 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 very occult. Very, very occult. But he's one of the greatest artists and inventors of all time. And that's what most people know, know him for. You, you feel me? Aleister Crowley, he's questionable, but he obviously liked his power from certain places, and he got it. He got it consistently, too. I, that man, I don't know. That man was doing something to them women. Like, he was he was putting spells on them because they was falling on their knees for mans. But anyways, whatever you like can be incorporated into your practice and should be. It is what's most powerful for you. It will lead you to the most expansive parts of your practice, I promise you. Fourth thing, journal and record your experiences. This isn't really anything that requires you to do too much or for me to talk too long about it. It's just good to track your results, to observe your results, and to change variables when necessary. Use magic like a science experiment, not like a guarantee. So whenever you cast or you study something new or you do a ritual or you get a reading, Write down as many details about it as possible. What was great? What were the feelings like? What did it lead to? What were the results? Did the things you expected come true? What was your hypothesis and did it, did it come to pass? Use magic like a science experiment. It's very important that you get into the practice of recording your experiences. And also will show, it will show you your growth over time. It will show you what's worked and what's not. It will show you what you're great at and what you're not great at. It's really important to keep a journal. Many people call it a book of shadows. Um, that was a creation, I believe, by a Wiccan practitioner, the name book of shadows, what it means. I personally prefer to call all of my magic books grimoires, but there are a list of different names you can call it, like your book of mirrors, book of dreams, book of magic, book of whatever you want to call it. And finally, my last tip for you, for beginners and for people wanting to work with deities, be actively practicing and experiencing. Don't call on a deity and don't. And finally, my last tip for you, for beginners and for people wanting to work with deities, be actively practicing and experiencing. Don't call on a deity and don't hit them up again. No, no, don't nobody like that. So what makes you think that a God likes that? right don't do a do a spell and stop halfway through and never finish at least close it up don't leave the energy out there twisting in the wind and be confused by your life suddenly fucked up make sure that you're actively practicing that's the only way you'll ever get better and the only way you become a natural how do you think that all these witches in these shows remember all these spells you think that they just know them no they study they read they practice this has to be something that is consistent for you if you plan on it being a big part of your life also you won't get half of the magic of the experience pun not intended if you don't do any of it what's the point of studying magic if you're not gonna fucking do it 
this is my problem with half of the internet witches and spiritualists. What's the point of talking about this shit if you're not going to do it? Why are you making thought pieces? Researching singing does not make you a singer. Researching art doesn't make you an artist. So why should researching magic or witchcraft or spirituality suddenly make you a mage or witch or spiritualist? It doesn't. It doesn't. You have to do it. Witchcraft is a craft. Magic is a practice. Spirituality is a lifestyle. Do it. Okay? Do it. You can't use your intuition or write in your journal or do everything that interests you or meditate consistently if you're not being consistent. Okay? So that's my that's my last tip is that you need to be actively practicing and consistent if this is something you're really choosing for yourself. Otherwise, you're dibbling and dabbling in things that may not be very fond of you dibbling and dabbling with them loosely. You, ne- you never know. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> this is the last question. And I, told, I said I was going to answer this question in the first episode because the shit threw me for a loop so much when I first saw it, and it is going to do so once again. And the question is, what do you think about nutting on your crystals? Well, I'll tell you, viewer. Do whatever you want. We can talk about it another time. Sex magic is a very, very popular part of the craft. It's very coveted. People respect it. Nobody's going to look at you crazy. It's a great way to connect with your crystals. I actually kind of want to know the story behind how you did it. If you didn't know it was a thing to do, like how you accidentally did it, or if you just were like, you were just like compelled to do it. But yes, you can nut on your crystals. It's a great way to bond with them. It's also a great way to charge them. But I would, this is my warning, chickadees. Whenever you're doing sex magic or using your natural juices for spell work or ritual, be very careful because that creates very potent energy, but it creates also very addictive energy. So if you have a crystal that starts liking being charged with your nut, it may not work whenever it's not charged with your nut because it decided that that was its preference. We had the similar experience when you give spirits and entities blood, you feel me? And those are all of our questions for the first Ask a Mage segment of the Ask a Mage podcast. Oh, my God. Okay. This is so exciting. This is really so exciting because we really just got through the first episode. It's already over, and I already want to come back for the next episode and see what you guys have to say about it. This has been really fun. We'll go into what's going on in the stars more in depth in the next episode but currently jupiter is conjunct neptune in pisces so very watery very emotional very intuitive and feeling based very find your way back by beyonce it's the end of airy season i advise everyone to enjoy the energy enjoy the confidence enjoy the power while they have it because we move into nut as taurus season soon and to all my Tauruses and Taurus dominants out there I do not take it back (laughs) for those of you wondering I am an Aquarius sun 
uh, Pisces moon and a Scorpio rising. And before we get out of here, before we finish up, I just wanted to have a little heart to heart with you guys. If you've been feeling like you've been misdirected on your path, if you've been feeling lost and confused, if you've been feeling like you've spent all this time going one way just for the universe to take you off the road into the great unknown and that scares the absolute fuck out of you. To those of you who chose this path, who chose a path less traveled by because you knew that it was the right thing for you and now you're being told to choose another path that is even less traveled by and it was hard enough to do it the first time. I, the vision I see, I see a forest, a dense forest and there's this cutout path, this path that we've been walking, this path that has been shred a few times, it has been cut out in the forest. But spirit is drawing your attention to the side, to the trees, to the brush, to the tall grass around you and beckoning you in that direction, calling you in that direction, summoning you that way. And it it doesn't look like it, but deep, deep, deep in the forest, deep in the trees is this great temple, is this great open pasture with brilliantly colored flowers, bright sunlight, tall grass, beautiful scenery open sky and there's this great temple there where you can be at peace and where you're going to discover something great i also see a ocean or going out into deep water into troubled waters like you've been pushed into the center of the ocean by these troubled stormy waters and now as you sit in the eye of the storm and you look around you can't see anything there's darkness and nothingness emptiness is the reason why the ocean kind of terrifies me low-key but there's just nothing out around you anywhere you can't even hear anything in the distance it is silent it is dark it is confusion and it is the ultimate feeling of being lost but then you look down and you see this gleam from below you see a light shining from beneath the surface from deep deep down somewhere under that water far below you and if you're like me and you can't swim that probably scares the absolute shit out of you because the only thing you can see the only thing you can perceive and the only thing that seems to even draw your attention is below you deeper into the water deeper into the feelings deeper into the darkness deeper into the pain and for those of you guys who understand what I'm talking about who feel like you've already gone so far off the radar just to get more lost what happened to finding your way back I, I can hear you what happened to find my way back you just said that Imani you just said that you just said that I had to find my way back yeah and sometimes finding your way back is not the way that we thought we were supposed to go sometimes finding our way back looks like giving up on a way that we thought was right sometimes finding our way back means letting go releasing surrendering when spirit calls you to walk into that dense forest there's no way you can know what animals what creatures what events you'll run across all you know is that you got to keep going all you know 
is that once the path is behind you, there is no going back. And if I'm talking to you, then I know that you have looked down the path you were already going on and realized this goes nowhere I want to be. I know that you look down that path and you see this isn't for me anymore. I thought it was. I, I really thought it was. And there's a point of, there's a feeling of bitterness and insecurity and doubt and frustration with, I chose to be better and this was supposed to be better or I chose to be different and this was supposed to be different and I have to do something else? For how long? When When is it going to get to, when do I get to this destination I keep being told? When does the light reach me? When do I finally achieve it? I understand. I understand. But you have to release. You have to surrender to the not knowing. Like I said to it to you in the beginning, there is nowhere that magic cannot be found. And in fact, magic loves to be in places that are supposed to be secret and unknown. Spirit, our, the universe, our higher selves, our inner voice, our inner child has been directing us along this path to get us ready for this moment, to get us ready for absolute confusion and pandemonium, for absolute chaos, to be more thrown for a loop. Who knows, it could even get more confusing from here. No one could have ever guessed that this is where we'd be right now. Sinking deep into the unknown depths. Drowning. Getting lost in a forest. Drifting through space. Hoping to land. Hoping to arrive. Remember, at the end of the day, what is yours will always be yours. Your birthright has been written since the day you were born. You have been chosen for so many things in your life. Your blessings will not miss you. It doesn't matter if the journey seems confusing or frustrating or if you were going one way before and now, that is the new way you must go. Because what's for you is still there. It's just calling you to make a different risk, to take a different risk, to go a different way, to find it. It's not going to just show up at your doorstep. If you're looking for real greatness, real power, real change, if you're looking for the, if you're looking for life's greatest possibilities and experiences, you will have to go where no one else has gone, where so very few people have gone and returned, where so few people even look in the direction of you have to go. You have to release the need to know, the need to go the way you've been, the need to understand. You will in hindsight. Hindsight is 2020. You will see, but for now you have to fill it out. And if that is where you're at right now, I am telling you because I am there. I am there. I am there. And we are in this together. There is something in the deep, in the dense forest, somewhere whispering within ourselves and both outside of ourselves, a treasure waiting for us to uncover it. But what's a treasure without a quest? And on that note, thank you all for joining me for the first episode of the Ask a Mage podcast. I am your host, Imani Christina, a.k.a. Imani Matters, a.k.a. Hydra. I hope you are having a lovely rising afternoon, evening, wherever you are. See you in the next one. Bye.